Well, here we are. And we miss summer movie blockbusters. This is Well, Here We Are, a weekly podcast which explores the ways pop culture and the humanities matter for our daily lives by distilling them into lists of three-ish things. Today, we are again setting out to learn something new and returning to our To Fan or Not To Fan series. This time, we both read a comic book for the first time, book one of Ta-Nehisi Coates' edition of Black Panther. And spoiler alert, we were pretty confused by it. Today's three-ish things will be three questions for comic books and comic book enthusiasts. I'm Hannah. And I'm Suzanne. Suzanne and I know almost nothing about comic books. So this we is put accurate. a poll out. <laughs> we put a poll out on our Instagram a few weeks ago, and our followers selected Black Panther over Captain America by an impressive unanimous vote, though there were allegations of voter fraud. By my older brother. It was very upsetting to me that I thought that maybe one person had voted for Black Panther and the, and then the poll just like broke. Hmm. But I don't know. It doesn't matter. We are on a level playing field when it comes to knowing almost nothing about comic books. Is that kind of the end and the beginning of your relationship with comic books as a medium? I've never read a comic book. I've never been into a comic book store before last week. I'm a big fan of comic book movies. So one of my pandemic activities was to watch the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe movies from beginning to end. And then I I went ahead and did it again. I did it twice. I loved it. I don't have a single regret. So I'm a big fan of Marvel comic book movies. Yeah. So the funny thing is, is that I don't have much of a relationship with comic books, but all of the men in my life that I grew up with did have a very active relationship with comic books. At one point, my younger brother's decor in his bedroom was just comic books in plastic sleeves hung on the wall. And he had like an entire wall covered in comic books. And both my little brother and my older brother, both of them have done comic book art as like a big part of their like visual art pursuit. And my older brother is a huge comic book fan. I just remember from a very early age feeling like, oh, that's not for me. That is the thing that like my dad and my brothers do. But like I it's not for me. And I'm not even going to be like invited into it. But I would have like little tastes of it. So we watched the X-Men cartoon every Saturday morning. And uh, oh, yeah, we did that too. My brother and I. I was like so here for Rogue and Gambit. They're unable to be fulfilled romance as like a little (laughs) kid. But then I like I had this like affection for some of the properties of comics and was really into the like, I mean, he's a garbage human, but I was really into like the Brian Singer. Is that true? Mm. Is he a garbage human? I think he is. I think it I think it is Brian Singer. Yeah, yeah. I think he I mean Brett Ratner is also a garbage human human, but I'm pretty sure Brian Singer is too. And they both were involved in like the those X-Men movies X-Men, with yeah. like yeah. Hugh Jackman. And I was really into those. Well, except for the third one, which I, I don't think anyone enjoyed. Yeah. So I have this like affection for comic book properties, but still do not really feel like it is like my place. Interesting, because I was thinking about this and why I've never read a comic book before. And it made me think about our first to fan or not to fan, which was about the NBA. And we watched an NBA game together. 
And we talked in that episode about gatekeeping in sports and how women expressing interest in sports also has this element of like suspicion that we get like quizzed on different elements of sports and and people people think that we're just watching it because we have a crush on all the men and you know et cetera et cetera. I mean, that's true. That's <laughs> Seth Curry is so dreamy. Did oh, you know that there's my. two Currys? There's two, and one of them is Seth, and he's less he's the less dreamy of the two. Oh, I did not know this. I'm here to make a a judgment about their physical appearance because I'm a woman and that's what I do. <laughs> but I was wondering if that's how you feel about about comics that there's this element of gatekeeping that that women specifically or maybe you aren't invited to participate in this endeavor. Yeah, I think so. I just have no desire to be cast as Penny in the Big Bang Theory. And I I know that really like over the past several years there really has been this push for women to take up space in that world. I don't know. I just don't know if I'm if I quite have the metal to be yeah. able to do that. Um, the energy. I feel like yeah. it requires a lot of energy. Yeah, I just don't think I have the energy to do that. So I have like the people in my life who are supportive of like my interest in geekdom. Uh like I have a a whole group of friends who play Dungeons and Dragons. And they're all theater people. So I know that if, like, tomorrow I was, like, I'm going to get super into D&D, I would have, like, a fun space to do that in and not feel judged. The one time I played D&D with them, they were, like, literally the most supportive, like, welcoming group of people I've ever played games with. But, like, doing the next step of, like, I'm super impressed that you went to a comic book store. (laughs) That didn't occur to me. I felt very intimidated. I I really did. I thought I was going to walk in. And I don't know, someone was going to quiz me about, I don't know, you know, I don't know what I thought. It was very irrational. The man was super helpful and grateful that I was giving him my money and not giving my money to Amazon. Like, I don't know why, why I thought he wasn't going to accept my money, but that's what I thought. I wonder how many geeks also resent Big Bang Theory <laughs> because they're like, <laughs> you have just made us all look terrible and predatory, and misogynistic, and racist. I mean, some of that is, like, with Gamergate and all of that, which I know is slightly different. That's not comic book culture. That's gaming culture. And, Mm -hmm. like, the blatant sexism within that whole movement. Like, they didn't need the Big Bang Theory's help on that. Like, they did that all on their own. But I wonder how many of, like, nice guys that work at comic book stores, if they're just, like... I hate Sheldon. <laughs> I don't know. If, if any of you out there are nice guys who work at comic stores, please let us know. Just to clarify before we start really getting into things, ta Coates has written three series for Black Panther. The one we read is the first one he wrote, which is called A Nation Under Our Feet. And we read the first four comics. Just to get this out there. It's also, it's illustrated by Brian Stelfreeze. The illustrations are beautiful. It was the first thing I noticed when I opened the comic. Even the yeah. cover, you're just like, oh, okay, I'm I'm in for it. In my head, I had a picture of very old-fashioned comic books, and that's what I thought we were getting into, and I was not excited about it. And then once I got my hands on the comic, I was like, oh, I was wrong. So at the outset of the first comic, there's an active revolt in, in Wakanda, which is the 
listen, if you don't know anything about Black Panther, just stop, put this podcast on pause. Go and watch Black Panther with Chadwick Boseman. Hannah, can I, I don't tell know. you a secret? Have you not seen it? I have never seen Black Panther with Chadwick Boseman. Okay, Suzanne, put this podcast on pause. Go and watch Black <laughs> Panther. All right, this is now a solo pod. Hannah's going to take it from here. I'm going to go watch Black Panther. It's so good. We can get into it, but I have complicated feelings about the Marvel Cinematic Universe that will oh, probably, no. yeah, anyway. Is this going to end our friendship? Oh, it won't end our friendship. Nothing will end our friendship. If COVID didn't end our friendship, this isn't going to end our friendship. I refuse. Okay, so this entire world takes place in Wakanda. That's our setting. There's an act of revolt in Wakanda that T'Challa, who is the king of Wakanda, and he's also the Black Panther, he's mercilessly putting down this revolt. Shuri, who is his sister, has recently died. That happens in the kind of prologue. And then we come to find out that the revolt was initially stirred up by a killmonger who is also dead. But the revolt is continuing under these two other characters, T2 and Zenzi. And I hope I'm saying that right, but it's a literary format. So I don't know how I'm supposed to know. I used to, in my head, I called Hermione Hermoine for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. I I think a lot of us did. (laughs) Okay, so both of these characters have their own superpowers. So T2 can exert power over natural forces, like he wraps up people with tree roots, and Zenzi can manipulate emotions. And they want to abolish the monarchy in Wakanda and and free the people. Uh, And at the same time that this revolt is happening that started by Titu and Zinzi, there are two members of the Dora Milaje, which is like T'Challa's ladies-only bodyguard unit. I also know a lot about Black Panther because I am a consumer of media, (laughs) even if I'm not (laughs) consuming the media that it's talking about. So I have read a lot about Black Panther without having actually seen it. I'm like, oh yeah, I know who these people are. Like, no, I've I seen. Still think you should pause this and go watch it. I've but. seen the gifts of the Dora Milaje. Uh, so the Dora Milaje are T'Challa's ladies-only bodyguard unit, and two members of this group who are girlfriends, and it's very sweet. They become disenchanted with this whole "you got to give up your life to protect and promote the monarch" thing, and they go rogue and they become. They create a vigilante force of predominantly of all women, I think, and they start to gain a following. And unsurprisingly, they also want to abolish the monarchy and free the people. And at the end, you see Titu approach the Dora Milaje and their vigilante force. And it seems to kind of be proposing that they join forces, which the Dora Milaje group are, what what do they call themselves? Midnight Angels? No. Yeah, Midnight Angels. Yeah. The two women who are part of the Dora Milaje who form this vigilante unit, they call themselves the Midnight Angels. So uh, T2 approaches the Midnight Angels and are like, hey, want to join forces against T'Challa and take down the monarchy? And they're like, "Eh, we don't know if we trust you. And that's kind of like where the book one, which is the first four comics, kind of leaves us. Our first question is, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) okay what is happening and how far back are we supposed to go to find out what is happening like what is the beginning of this story because it opens with a few a few pages of kind of 
previously on Black Panther. And it felt like this is all the background knowledge that we need. And to me, that was not sufficient. And you felt you felt the same way, right? Mm-hmm. You and I are in agreement on this point. So I understand that not every comic can give me exposition because for people who have read the ones that came before, obviously that would not be fun to read in every single comic. And also some origin stories are just so well known that I'm like, okay, yes, I know Bruce Wayne's parents were shot. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't need it's to hear this. Sad. It's very sad. It made him the Batman. I don't need to hear it for the thousandth <laughs> time. But in terms of this storyline, there were a lot of plot elements and characters that I just felt very confused for about the first 75%. For the first three quarters of this comic book, I was confused. I just, I want to know if I'm going to invest my time in Black Panther or any comic book, am I expected to start at the beginning? Because that feels like a big investment. Or is there is there some point where I can jump in and feel like I kind of got this? Like I'm like I I know that some characters are just introduced at random and some characters die and then some characters die and then come back. You know I I get that, but it, it felt like there were a lot of characters and major and minor plot points running throughout this that I was not familiar with. Mm-hmm. And even the ones that I was familiar with, like Killmonger is mentioned very offhandedly. That happens a few times where I was like, I know who this is because I saw Black Panther about a dozen times. <laughs> so, And I know I who it is because I think Michael V. Jordan is a whole snack. And so I know <laughs> who Killmonger is. <laughs> But if we didn't have that previous information. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean like the, the worst representation of a woman reading a comic book. <laughs> How are we supposed to know? How are yeah. we supposed to know what's happening? Yeah. At the end of it, we get like – at the end of this book, we get like a bonus comic, which is a Fantastic Four comic from the 1950s, which is the first appearance of Black Panther. And then it it gives another page where it's like, here are the comics where you can find some of the biggest developments in the history of Black Panther. Like, I didn't know that there was a previous assignment. Yeah, I didn't know. Like, I came to the first day of school, and I'm Elle Woods sitting in my first day of Harvard Law School. And now, apparently, there was homework I was supposed to do. How was I supposed to know that? I don't know. I hope someone can tell us. Yeah, and it, it made me think. Because, like, this is ta Coates's first entry into the world as well. So it also mm-hmm. made me curious, like, how much did he have to know before? Or was he just like, I'm ta Coates. We go where I lead us. <laughs> <laughs> I was very interested to know if if a guest author is invited to come and do a Black Panther or whatever comic, how much, like, this is a, a bonus question, I guess, how much oversight or dialogue is there between Marvel Comics and the, I don't know, head writers of Black Panther who've done the previous comics? Or do they just say, okay, well, you're Ta-Nehisi Coates. We go where you lead us. Do they? Is it just free reign or? Yeah, and does each new segment, do they like retcon material where they're like, which is short for retro- retroactive continuity, where you will like TV shows do this all the time where they change facts about characters 
in like the fifth season and you're like, oh, that directly contradicts something we learned about that character in season one. But okay, um, you're just going to retcon that. Like, are they allowed to do that and be like, nope, this is now this character's backstory? Or is there I an think ex- they do do that. Yeah. I, I, in addition to watching all the, all the Marvel movies, I also like to go on IMDb and read the trivia about all of them. And a lot of the trivia discusses the original comics and the relationship between the movie and the comics and the relationship between this character and different comics. So based on that, I do think that there is a substantial amount of retconning. And I've read enough like BuzzFeed articles that it's like the 10 silliest things that Captain America did in the comic books. And it's like, <laughs> This one, he hung out with Ronald McDonald. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) I didn't know that was an option. We should have told our Instagram (laughs) followers. Maybe they would have voted on that. So there's like just so much material. How do we know what's relevant? Someone please tell us. All right. So related to what is happening is question number two, which is how do I read this? (laughs) I, I know that this makes me sound like a fool. I admit that. I'm I hear. I'm I'm ready to be Bobo the clown. But I read <laughs> I read this <laughs> twice. And the second time I read it, I tried to read it a little slower. And even then, to read all four comics, it took me about an hour. That's because there's not much text on each page. Like some pages are pretty much complete and total visuals. And as we said, the illustrations by Brian Stelfries are gorgeous but much like I experience when I go to an art gallery and I stand in front of a beautiful painting every time I turned the page I was like how long am I expected to look at this (laughs) because it is such a visual medium like the illustrations tell the story but I there's like all of these conventions that I just like didn't really understand like How much time elapses over the course of one page? How do I know when something's a flashback and when something isn't a flashback? How do Mm -hmm. I know when I've been, I've been showing like basically like a montage? Like I understand I'm watching a montage in film or TV, but how do I know that like time has been compressed and a lot of events are shown to happen very quickly? How, how am I supposed to know that? Because it all happens so fast. Yeah, and you had, like, really good points, too, about, like, text. Like, there's all kinds of different text. How do we know how... like, box shapes. Uh Uh-huh. Which sounds, again, super dumb to say out loud. But I was very confused by this at first. Because some of the box shapes are exposition. Mm -hmm. And some of it seems to be internal monologue. And some of it is speech. They all look different. And so I understand conceptually because the boxes look different that they represent different things. But there was a couple times, too, when there was a box that I thought was one character's interior monologue. But then I went on to the next page and it turned out to be a completely different character. There was this continuation because that character didn't appear in that frame. Mm-hmm. But he was the one on the next page who it became clear was doing the inner monologue. Mm-hmm. And so I had to, like, flip back and forth between, like, who is thinking these thoughts? Oh, I've never paid so many so much attention to quotation marks in my entire life. <laughs> because I would be like, oh, you have now closed this quotation mark. Like, this quotation is is ending. So on this next page, when I see a beginning quotation mark... I know that it's a new 
person New speaker because yeah. you have closed the quotation mark. Maybe it's just a however much time you think it takes you to to get it. Well, I also feel bad though because like so much work has gone into this. Like yeah, I know. I'm looking at I'm looking at a page right now which I think is in the fourth book and on one page it's four different vertical panels of a, of a progression of action and the detail on like the tree branches the detail on like the character's hair the detail of like the veins on a leaf is so gorgeous that i'm like okay i i you looked feel at obligated it obligated to appreciate it yeah i like i understand that a lot of work went into this and a lot of artistry is like on display but also i yeah i just and maybe that's something that you kind of like as a comic book reader you develop a rhythm of like how you like to read comic books i my guess would be that there's probably not one way that people read it my guess would be that kind of cuz you said you read it the first time and you were predominantly focused on the words mm-hmm. and that you want to go back and read it again and pay more attention to the visuals i bet you're not alone in that or i bet people do the opposite where they just want to like take in the illustrations and then they go back and they put it together with the words it feels very like like the the structure of it that i'm like missing things and that if i understood more about how like a comic book is put together that i might understand the story if i understood the mechanism better i'd understand the story better I am very interested in the relationship between the text and the images in terms of collaboration, Mm -hmm. because a lot of the images, there is no text to go with them. But clearly, Brian Stelfreeze, the illustrator, knew what was supposed to be conveyed. Well, so at the end, at the end, I don't know if you saw this, but they give a little page like a little process and development page. Oh. And and Ta-Nehisi Coates has basically written out the comic book as a script. Ah, okay. So it's not like they were collaborating together the entire time. Like Ta-Nehisi Coates wrote it and then he sent it to to Brian. I maybe or it could have been like dial, dialogical where it was like here's Is my first word? pages dialectical dialogical um (laughs) no i'm genuinely asking i I like it i'm gonna start saying it i think it's dialogical brian stelfreeze was asked tanahasi is an accomplished writer but hasn't worked in comics before how has collaborating with him been different than other writers you've worked with and he said that most established comic writers have a fixed style or methodology so what you get on page one of the first issue is about the same for the last page of the series. But Tanahasi is still evolving as a comic book writer. So it's really cool to see him not only learn the language of visual storytelling, but also create new ways of doing it. So it sounds like it is a little bit more like dialogical, that it's not like, mm-hmm. great, I have perfected my script. Now just go do your thing. But there's probably like a lot of conversation about how do you want this represented? How do you, how do you see this in your mind? But then I also bet there's a lot of creative freedom on the part of Brian Stelfreeze's part because his name is right on the front cover, like with Ta-Nehisi mm-hmm. Coates's. I think that the nature of the collaboration is very intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just don't understand 
the comic. How to consume it. Yeah, I don't know how to consume it. Yeah. It was a little overwhelming. I would agree. I do think it is overwhelming, but I think I think this is the kind of thing that once you if you are interested in taking this up as a hobby, you kind of would make your own habits out of it. Mm-hmm. And it might be different from comic to comic or character to character or I imagine some people are super fans of of one illustrator or one writer or something. I guess maybe that segues into our third point. <laughs> which is <laughs> all these segues are have been totally natural today we are we don't write I'm, segues in. i'm gonna just pat us both on the back and say that we are natural podcasters <laughs> uh <laughs> we are thriving and flourishing in this medium you're all welcome okay so our third question is what makes a good comic good and a bad comic bad because i think that the one we read is good but I don't know if I would immediately notice a difference between a good comic and a bad comic. And maybe I would. Because I was so confused, especially in the first three quarters, I did not think this was an especially good comic because I didn't know how to read it. And I didn't know how much homework I needed to do beforehand. It kind of got me back in the fourth quarter. And that is when I started to think, We are oh, really mixing okay. some metaphors here, and I am no, no, into no, I it. No, 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 I know. Four comics in this book, so I'm just going to call them quarters because that's how I roll. And in the fourth quarter, I started to really put together all the all the themes and all the things that we were that Tanya Hasi Coates is getting at. And there were some really interesting points of dialogue that when it got to the end and it was to be continued, I was like... I felt like I wanted to go by the next one. Like you are fully leaning forward. You're like to be continued and I need to know the next part. I need to know the next one. And so I felt like in that moment, I, I understood what it meant to be a comic book fan, but that was at the end of the fourth quarter. If it had been at the end of the first quarter, I don't know that I would have felt that way. So at the time when I thought this is a bad or not an actively good comic, Am I going to notice a difference if I only read one Iron Man or I only read one Batman? Am I going to have that same feeling of this is either good or bad? Suzanne, can you please make some sense of what I'm saying? I don't know if I can A, make sense of what you're trying to say or B, if I have the – I definitely don't have the answer to that question. I can tell you that – and we're giving away the ending a little bit here – But I do not have the desire to buy the next book of this comic book series. But I think it's because the thing is just not for me. But I really enjoyed elements of it. Ta-Nehisi's writing is beautiful. (laughs) And he wrote this in 2016. So it was... After Trump was elected president, and you see a lot of Ta-Nehisi Coates's kind of theology isn't the right word, but like philosophy of evil and philosophy of power play throughout the book, um, which I think is super interesting because you kind of see some of that philosophy of like what what makes evil 
in Between the World and Me, and you read it in his Atlantic articles, seeing it in a superhero comic is completely different. And I thought it was really interesting how you kind of see his like anthropology, his view of humanity and his view of evil and power play out in a completely new medium. So there's just like gorgeous writing about the nature of rage and like the nature of power and the nature of empathy. And so I also thought it was a very good comic because I look at the imagery and I'm like, this is beautiful. I look at the colors and I'm like, "You, this is very compelling. You are using color in such a way that is furthering the storytelling. And I read Ta-Nehisi's words and I'm like, this has a very clear point of view. And it's also a superhero story. <laughs> it's You're also telling the story of like, a king struggling to be a king, which is really compelling. So I feel like all the elements work together really well. And I feel like this is a good comic. And I think actually, if you read a bad comic, you would now be able to tell how much of it is, I'm not engaged with this story, or I'm not engaged with this artwork, versus I just don't understand the world that I'm inhabiting especially with your MCU background, that you would be able to tell that a little bit easier than you think you can. So one of the reasons that we chose this is because we are familiar with ta Coates as a writer. And yes. so that felt like an easy entry point for us. Yeah. But then if I, let's say I go on and I read all the ta Coates ones, then where do I go? Because I don't know anything else about any other comics. And I don't... I, uh, to be honest, I don't want to waste my time with bad writing. And so I don't know. But that's kind of the nature of any hobby, though, right? Like, if you like movies, you're going to watch bad movies. If you like TV, you're going to watch bad TV. If you like books, you're going to read bad books. It's kind of just I mean, that's a... true. Okay, but here's here's my thing. Okay. Okay, I got a couple things. And this is also... <laughs> no, you said you had one thing. <laughs> here's my one thing. This is how I feel. I'm I'm giving away my am I going to fan or not to fan I think this actually is going to add up to be kind of an expensive hobby yes so I think maybe what I really mean is I don't want to waste my money on bad comics Mm -hmm. and so I was actually thinking about that the entire time I was reading this because if I watch a bad movie I'm stealing my brother's Netflix account and it was totally free for me to do that (laughs) (laughs) so I, I lose nothing. I lose a little bit of time, and maybe I'm mad at the end. But if if I'm, again, being honest, I probably didn't watch the, the whole thing. So I don't want to spend however much this was, like $17 for four comics. I don't want to go out and spend $17 more on a bad comic. And I don't have – maybe I do, and I and I just don't know it. I don't have – like an advisor. I don't have a comic book community that can help advise me on things that I will and I won't enjoy. And I think that is another thing that I was, I was, again, by the fourth quarter, I was into it. I liked it. I wanted to know what happened next. But because I don't have a community that takes out a lot of the fun of how I feel about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is there's this kind of ritual that goes into watching it. Like, you know, there's going to be a mid credit scene and an end credit scene. And you know that oftentimes when characters die, they're not really dead, except for sometimes. Part of the fun for me, I said I watched them both 
I watched the entire series twice last year. And so the second time I did it, I did it with my brother and sister-in-law who had never seen most of the movies. Well, and so fun. I, it was, it was really fun. And because I had just done them all, I, I watched them in chronological order of when the movies are set. So I started with Captain America, which is set in 1945, and then watched Captain Marvel, which is set in the 90s. So I didn't watch them in the order they were released. I watched them in the order that they're, that they take place. And because I had just done that, I went and did it with my brother and sister-in-law and I could kind of curate the order that I wanted them to see it in the first time. And it was just a really fun experience to be doing it with them when they were doing it for the first time. It's a really lovely memory that I have of during the pandemic. And so when I think about the Marvel Cinematic Universe now, that is what I think about, of this little community that I have and this little experience that I have. And I don't have that with comic books. And so... Basically, you're saying that if you are going to be a comic book fan, you and I need need Thelma and Louisa, and we need to hold hands and drive over this comic book cliff together, because you're not going alone. Because I think the fun the fun thing about a lot of hobbies and a lot of interests is the community that you build around it. Mm-hmm. And knowing that I have to go out and put the effort into building my own community for something that I know Barf. nothing about, it just – it sounds daunting, exhausting yeah. to me. Yeah, daunting, yeah. yeah. And especially when I'm barely allowed to do any other fun things. I mean, maybe this would be a good time to go online and make comic book friends with comic book people on the internet. But – I don't even know how to do that. I don't know where the where the Reddit are. Just, I'll just type into the browser right now, comicbookfriends.com, and see <laughs> see what comes up. See if it's porn. The site can't be reached. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay. I think maybe that's our answer. <laughs> so the way I am coming out on this Black Panther is that I I I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was really smart, and I felt very engaged with it. Mm -hmm. But I feel intimidated to start on this new hobby when I don't know – I don't have, like, a director. Yeah, I I would be curious to know if any of our reader – any of our listeners who are readers of comic books, if they just have, like, a litmus test that they apply to selecting the next comic book they're going to read. Is it – they follow an illustrator? Do they follow an author? Do they just have a particular set of characters they really like and they'll just read anything starring those characters? I, w- I would be really curious to see kind of how people curate what comics mm-hmm. they read. Because you can't read everything. It would be impossible. Yeah, how do you do it? How do you fan this? Our three questions have been what, how, and what again? <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is okay, a pretty so, good synopsis of, of yeah. what our experience has been. What is it? What is it? What is happening? And how do I even? How do I do it? How do I do it? So where where do you where do you come out? You said that you were, did not feel compelled to read any more comic books or Black Panther, and that you hate all things comic related. Oh, that, is that what I said? Is that what <laughs> and I said? Your brothers. You also hate your brothers. <laughs> well, well, I, if I said it, that's what I said. Here's how I feel about this. When the Marvel Cinematic Universe started, I was a faithful watcher, supporter, movie theater person. Like I I saw like the first Avengers movie in the theater two or three times, like loved it. 
And then it was like I missed one year and I missed like three movies. And I was like, okay, this is spiraling out of control rapidly. And and then I, I feel like this thing happens to me with like fantasy series as well, which depending on who you talk to, superheroes are fantasy or they're not fantasy, is that at a certain point, I am no longer able to suspend disbelief and it bounces ah, me okay. out. And then I, I don't have much of a desire to try to re-engage. And so that is kind of what I felt about this, which I, I think this book of comics asks a very interesting question, which is who is the good guy, right? Like I know that T'Challa, the Black Panther is supposed to be the good guy of this narrative, but you read these first four comics and you're like, is he the good guy? Like, is he the hero of this? And I think that that is a really compelling question to ask. I'm just not sure that superhero narratives comic books is the way i want to engage that question yeah and and i don't know interesting because i feel like in this black panther there's not i guess there's a lot of superpowers but the character of the black panther doesn't actually engage a lot of this of the black panther powers throughout it i think it's a more it's more about the nature of like monarchy and leadership and who who has the the best interests of like the country at heart. Yeah. And is the country what we're even talking about? You know, like that kind of thing. Like it's it's a story about superheroes, but I don't think it's a story about superpowers. No, and and that that's why I loved like the first two Brian Singer X-Men movies cuz they really were about the nature of like how do we be humans who also have powers when people want to classify us as this other thing? So like, how Mm -hmm. do we not lose our humanity when we have been told that we are other? And there was like something really like compelling about that. And it's, it's kind of why like the third one didn't do it for me because it was like, Oh, you've, these people are no longer humans. They're just like, conduits of superpowers and i'm i'm not super interested in watching a movie where it's just like conduits of superpowers so i think maybe that's the barrier that i have to like re-engaging with like the marvel cinematic universe is that like as the spectacle got larger i just mm-hmm. lost interest okay and i i'm not like i'm not like anti well i mean i think joss whedon can go suck a duck but i <laughs> But I'm not, like, other than Joss Whedon. I'm not, like, anti, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm not, like... Oh, also Jeremy Renner. Oh, Jeremy Renner. He can also go suck a duck? Oh, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I feel necessary to... I... Yeah. It's... You know, anyway, let's let's move on. (laughs) Let's let's not go down that deep, dark hole. It's all very sad. Uh, Yeah, I'm not opposed to it, but I just feel like for whatever... For whatever reason, when it comes to kind of like superhero mythology, there is a certain point where I am no longer able to suspend disbelief and just engage fully in the world. I start I start experiencing like looking at the mechanics of it and and I can't just engage in the story. Yeah, um, that does sound a lot less fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I like I'm the I'm the person that's like well, superheroes, you create most of these problems that 
you are now trying to solve. And then I just get so caught up in the fact that, like, look, you wouldn't have to try to, like, fix this problem if, like, Tony Stark, you hadn't created this problem. And Oh, so you're not talking about, like, like sometimes I watch the movies and I'm like, well, I think that would actually kill him. Oh, no, like, not the Iron that. Man suit isn't going to protect him from falling no. two miles directly yeah. <laughs> onto the earth. I don't think that's what the Iron Man suit does. That would kill him. Yeah. You're no, not talking like, about that. No, I'm talking about, like, all of the – I'm like, these people aren't heroes. And I think that's the thing that in- ah, interests me okay. about t- the ta coats is he's questioning that of, like, is Black Panther the hero of Wakanda? And I think that's really interesting but I am also not necessarily interested in having that conversation in a superhero world. But there's Marvels that are not – I'm not Marvels. There there are comic books that are not about superheroes. Yeah, I exactly. Think. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Like The Walking okay. Dead. The Walking Dead was actually yes, a yeah, long yeah, yeah, series yeah, yeah. of like graphic novels, right? And that's not – that's zombies, but that's yeah. not superheroes. So, so I'm yeah. not opposed to comic books as like – a genre as like a format i just don't know like if i would kind of this is like gets at our last question i don't know if i am like so determined to like break through into this medium and find my place in it that i'm willing to do the work to find it Mm -hmm. what about what about you i mean you've mentioned like the money thing is a potential barrier but you're also super interested i am interested I I could really see myself getting into comic books, but it feels like a lot to me, to be honest. I really enjoyed some of the things in this one. (laughs) And I, I like, I like having things, you know, I like having a thing that I am ready to talk about and a thing that is in like a thing for me to enjoy or to say, I'm really into, um, I can't even think of an example because I don't have any hobbies right now except for this podcast. <laughs> I like having hobbies. Yeah. And I, I like having a, I like having an answer to that Match.com question of what do you do in I your know. free time? I watch Netflix like everybody else. <laughs> but I don't, I just don't know how to break through. That's not a problem yet because you haven't finished this first series. So do you think you'll get the next two books? Or it looks like the Avengers or A Nation Under Our Feet has three books. Do you think you'll get the next two? I might. I feel a little bit silly saying that $16, $17 feels like a lot. But, I mean, that's going to add up. And that's that four cappuccinos. You know? That's how I measure my money these days. I'm still In cappuccinos? In cappuccinos. Yeah, so I I might go buy the other two and just, like, poke around the comic book store a little bit more. Because last time when I went in, I was like, here is the one thing I want to buy. I kind of know where it might be in the store. I'm going to go. But maybe maybe I'll just – I'll browse for a little bit. Anyway, that's how I feel about that. I I really want to have a new hobby, and I think that this one would be a good fit for me. But I can't afford it, and I don't know how to do it. That's all. All right. Faithful friends and listeners, at this point, we turn to you and we really do need your help because these are not rhetorical questions. These are real questions. If you can answer these questions for you, just to remind you, our three questions are, what is happening? (laughs) How do I read this? And what makes a good comic 
a good comic and what makes a bad comic a bad comic? If you have the answers to these questions for us, tweet us, send us a message on Instagram, email us everywhere. We are wellherepod. Our email address is wellherepod at gmail.com. Let us know. Uh, Don't forget to go to wherever you get your podcasts and click that Wakanda Forever button. I get that reference, even though I haven't seen Black Panther. And you might know that button as a follow button. And until next week, I'm Suzanne. And I promise you, Hannah, I will eventually watch Black Panther. And I'm Hannah, and I kind of stand Zinzi. And well, here we are. I see a mother there, a lover and a child. I know a war will come and take away their life.